Can you hear me okay? Are these AirPods working? Yeah, they seem to be working good. Okay. I borrowed my, my son's, my 16-year-old's AirPods. And oh, you better give those back. I've been called a boomer 30 times today. A boomer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you might also be interested in our, our Staff 9 system, our Tennessee Ranger uh, specially built 43X. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we could go down the, the parts list and stuff on that. Uh, all right, let's get started here. Okay. All right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. And I am pumped for this one. I've been talking with this guy for a couple of years now, but we never have been able to hook up. And I'm going to introduce him here in just a second. Um, but if you didn't get a chance, make sure you go back to the previous couple of episodes. I dropped two pretty much back-to-back, and it was during our AK Concepts course there in Nashville at the Royal Range USA. We had a great turnout. There was probably somewhere between uh, 20, 25 people that were there. We had about 15 uh, or so students, and uh, we had a great time. Learned a lot with the 212 training group, Jared, Kyle, and Aaron. Those guys were awesome. And then our good buddy Brian Keeney from Occam Defense Solutions uh, threw an armor's course in there just uh, on top of everything else, just, just the icing on the cake. And uh, it was uh, very educational. So if you missed out on this opportunity with the AK Concepts, we uh, we're talking about doing another one coming up soon. And I know 212's got some other just basic defensive rifle courses that they've got scheduled. Uh, they just got one in Virginia and a couple other places. You can go to their website, 212traininggroup.com, look at their training schedule, and uh, see if they're going to be near you. If you would like to organize one in your area of the country, get in touch with me at talkingled at gmail.com, and uh, we, could, we could definitely make that a possibility. So joining me this episode, all the way from a secret location here in Tennessee, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly <laughs> where you're at, Brian, but uh, we've got Brian Seaver, and Brian is with the Tennessee Rangers. You thought Texas was the only state that had Rangers. Tennessee's got Rangers, too, leadheads. Brian, welcome in. How you doing, Marty? Thanks for having us. Doing good, man. Uh, you and I had talked uh, about a year or two ago. You were into into something else at the time. Uh, you may have been doing this too, but uh, we were we were touching base about some other things. But uh, you've yeah. been in the um, the protective services things like that for some time now. We're going to talk about that, and then uh, the Tennessee Rangers. We're going to talk all about the That's Tennessee right. Rangers. Anything and everything that you wanted to know, we're gonna we're gonna fill you in, leadheads. Uh, but we got a lot of uh, uh, gun people here in the the Middle Tennessee area. You know, you were, we were talking. You were at Royal Range, just missed our class, and you had uh, a, a function with the Rangers at Royal Range. I guess it was this past weekend. And, That's right. Uh, we had our uh, our second annual Tennessee Ranger rendezvous. Yeah, and James Jaeger, you said he he attained he attended that, and then, of course, y'all know James Jaeger showed up. Yeah, we. Uh, we <laughs> I were, think he's we living at Royal Range. Guests. He's there every weekend, it seems like. I think he is, because he was there during our uh, event as well. Yeah, he got him on the, the show. Uh, the, he was doing the Modern Samurai pistol course. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good course. I've, I've 
wanted to get up there. I was invited to come up to that, but uh, I wasn't able they to. They say it. it's great. They say it's a really good program. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to check it out. High-level pistol course. Yes, definitely. So, uh, the AK course looked great. It was good. It was a great course. Um, wish you could have made it out. I know the weather, you know, that was right when we got slammed with the unseasonably cold and icy weather that we had here in Tennessee and I guess across and the that's nation. That's right. Yeah. We weren't the only ones. We were we were on the end of the uh, Tennessee State Wrestling Championships. So we were we had our whole wrestling team down there for the uh, in Chattanooga for the state oh, championships. Wow. Did Chattanooga get hammered? No, we uh we didn't have any snow down there at least that we saw during the uh during the tournament, but uh but it was it was a it was a good time. Yeah, it's weird because that side of Tennessee is usually the one that gets all the snow on the ice, you know, yeah. past the Cumberland Plateau there and Exactly. They didn't get any of it. It was kind of weird. Uh global warming. Yeah, my mom, you know, that's is, what it is. Uh, up in East Tennessee and and they just barely got a little bit of snow. Yeah. Nothing like what we had. So unless my sources are wrong, aren't you uh, related to somebody kind of right. famous uh, from East Tennessee? <laughs> yeah, uh, Dolly Parton's my aunt. My mom is Dolly's middle sister. Oh, wow. Uh, that's right, yeah. My mom's Dolly. Cassie. Aunt Cassie. Dolly. Yeah, I, I grew up calling her Aunt Granny. Aunt Granny? Aunt Granny. That's what all of, uh, all of her nieces and nephews call her. She's, uh, she's Aunt Granny does. So. Okay. She was like a she was like a bit of a uh, uh, a mom to our our parents, yeah. all of our generation's parents, and so she's kind of like our grandmother. Is she the oldest sister of the bunch? She's the middle sister. She's second to the oldest sister. Okay, so she's uh, she's got a, a two boys and an older sister ahead of her. So. I got you. That's a big family. Big family. Uh, my mom's got uh, twelve brothers and sisters. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, realize sure it was enough. that big a family. But yeah, yeah. My dad comes from a big family, so he he's got a he's got a large family as well. So is he from uh, East Tennessee too? No, he's a Alabama boy. My Alabama. dad's from Huntsville, Alabama. Yep. My dad grew up in Huntsville. Okay. Yeah. He was a career police officer at uh at Huntsville PD. And uh, retired from the district attorney's office um, and uh, state probation office. So before we move any further, I've got to uh, I've got to do some plugging here, Brian. We've got to thank those that make this show possible. Keltec Weapons Leadheads, go show Keltec Chad and the gang over there some love. If you haven't heard the episode where we uh, talked about their new P50, their five seven pistol that they've got out. Make sure you go back a few episodes back, and uh, we talk about that. Uh, but go check out their website; they've got everything listed there. Uh, you know, they came out with the new uh, twelve gauge. It's their—I I call it the the slim down version of the KSG. Uh, but instead of the, mm-hmm. the the two barrels, it's got a single barrel, single tube. Um, but it's lightweight and it packs a wallop. It's a it's a pretty cool bullpup shotgun. So go check that out. Uh, and then I'm still loving my Keltec Sub 2000. Are you familiar with the Sub 2000, Brian? I tell you, man, I love Keltec. I'm familiar with all of Keltec's product line. Yeah. They've got a, a really neat design shop over there. What a what a brave company to do all the the interesting things they do. I'm telling you, man, very and innovative. Th- they're innovative. They've got a they've got a great 
customer service plan too. I mean, if if you ever having a problem with a with a Keltec, my experience is they've been phenomenal. Yeah, that that's typically what I get as well. Uh, the customer service keeps them, you know, uh, just that not notch above the the rest and that innovation that George, the owner over there, just keeps coming out and. You know, Chad said it many times. I mean, he's got a a playbook full of guns that he wants to release. It's just you know, yeah. time and time yeah. and money. So, I mean, there's no the telling what else we're going to see come from there. Five point seven is five point seven is just really cool. What a what a neat PDW design. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting round. Um, there's not a lot of people that have developed a, a pistol around that. There's a few out there, but. Uh, I don't know if we're going to start seeing more and more, but Keltec definitely has one. You guys go check it out. It's a very futuristic looking gun. Yeah, um, and it it will take a brace. So mm-hmm. don't send me any qu- any more questions about that. <laughs> there there are ways to make a brace fit on that thing. Uh, and then of course uh, our good buddies at Seal One. When you go out shooting that uh, that P fifty and you want to clean it, you want to lube it, you want to protect it. You use Seal One CLP. One product does all your cleaning, all your protecting, all your lubricating. Uh, Seal One.net. And you guys use the code LEADHEAD there, and you're going to get a big fat 25% off. Uh, Dwyer's really taking care of you, LEADHEADs here. So make sure you go and take advantage of that. Uh, and it's nice. not just good for guns, it's good for uh, your Marine, uh, your tactical, your. Uh, I've, I've been using it kind of on my automobile too, like in my door squeaks and things like that. It, it works really good in that, but it's a eco-friendly, um, green product, I guess, uh, is kind of the word it's environmentally safe. It's non-toxic, uh, and it smells kind of good too. It's not got a bad odor to it. I know some of you like the hoppies, but (laughs) this is, it's almost, it's almost, uh, menthol-y, I guess. Kind of a menthol yeah. kind of smell. It uh, opens up your sinuses. So <laughs> check them out, seal1.net. Uh, I got some, I made some posts recently on the the social meds. Uh, our good buddy Pete Pie over at Defiant Munitions had sent me some uh, 223 and 762x39 that I'm going to be trying out. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying these rounds out. I've heard a lot of good things about them. Brian at Occam Defense has said some really good things about it. You leadheads have sent me messages about them as well. And FPS Murdoch was at the class, and he brought me a couple of boxes um, uh, during that class too. So thank you, FPS, for for those Defiant Munitions rounds. I'm going to try them out. Uh, here coming up, since we got good weather nowadays, I mean, we've had like 70-degree weather here these last few few days. It's been really nice here in Tennessee. It was beautiful today. So I'm going to take that out and try it. Uh, another post that you guys saw and you went nuts over is uh, my good buddy Nick at Geisley has hooked you lead heads up with some of their triggers. Uh, we're going to be giving those away in some upcoming episodes uh, definitely going to be giving one away on the next AK corner. So this month's edition of the Talking Lead AK corner, which you know it drops the 15th, we're going to be talking about uh, specifically competition shooting with the AK-47. So we're going to have Kyle and Aaron back on. 
We're going to have, I believe we're going to have the organizer of Red October and maybe even Clash Bash on to talk about those uh, AK com block specific uh, competitions uh, that are set up for uh, for you guys. But make sure you um, pay attention to the post. I'll do a pre-show post like I always do, asking for your questions. And that's typically, not always, where we go and find our winners. So we'll be giving away the, the Gosley Trigger. We'll be giving away another SEAL 1 package. Um, what's really cool about the SEAL 1 too is it comes in several different delivery methods. So uh, they've got the paste, they've got aerosol, they've got the, the pre-soaked wipes that you can get, uh, several different other delivery methods. So however you like to go about cleaning your, your boat, your firearms, whatever it may be, uh, SEAL 1's got you covered. So also, let's, uh, let's thank Nemo Arms. You lead heads, uh, I made an announcement a couple episodes back. Nemo Arms is our newest sponsors of the Talking Lead podcast, so make sure you go to their Instagrams and welcome them to the Leadhead Brigade. They don't know how much you appreciate them jumping on board. We don't have any discount codes for them yet set up for you, but I think the more you go and let them know that you're recognizing that they're sponsoring and supporting the show, they're probably going to set something up for you. So maybe even some giveaways. You never know. You familiar with Nemo Arms? I'm not. Tell me about them. So Nemo Arms, uh, they're a very high-end rifle maker. So they make, uh, obviously, AR-15s, some very nice AR-15s. These aren't your um, just run-of-the-mill parts. They're using some real high-quality parts on their their ARs. They make guns. They make pistols. Uh, They've got a line of pistols called the Monarch. Uh, the MK9 millimeter. Okay. Yep. Um, I haven't tried those yet, so I'm not familiar with. I have shot the rifles before, but I've not shot their pistols. So that's something I want to try out. And then they've got some really nice shotguns. They're like okay. heirloom quality, uh, 12 gauge, 20 gauge uh, shotguns. Nice, nice. Uh, and then they've got some some other. They've got suppressors too. They're even doing suppressors. They've got their own line of suppressors. Uh, I haven't tried those out yet either. Got to be honest with you. Uh, they sold me on their rifles. <laughs> so, <laughs> and to find out that they have all this other stuff too, uh, I'm just overwhelmed. So I'm hoping to get my hands on all this stuff, try it out, give you yeah, leadheads cool. uh, a, re- a report. Uh, but full line of suppressors. They got the shotguns, the rifles, the pistols, and, of course, you can get some parts. It's hard to get parts from anybody these days. It's hard to even get a rifle from anybody these days. It's hard to get anything right now. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. Um, but, you know, they fall in that category with everybody else. They're trying to keep up with demand. But they've got a really good customer service uh, department there as well. You're not going to be disappointed. So contact your local dealer there. And uh, I bet Royal Range carries Nemo. I have to check with them and see. Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to check with Art. Because he likes to carry the high end stuff, you know Art. You know he. Oh, he does indeed. He uh, he likes Art. to hobnob with the the rich and famous. <laughs> That's right. He's a Renaissance man. He is. He is. He's really yeah. turned that place around, though. Had to give it to him. It's a special spot. Royal Range is is a really really special special range. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's very impressive. It's one of those that I, it's just hard for me to describe it. 
verbally, you have to just come and check it out because it's, it's everything that I make it out to be and more. Yeah. The customer service is fantastic. Pro shop's great. They've got tons of services range. I mean, the ranges, they're just copious and, and fantastic. Yeah. And then they're you know, designed they've, really well. They've got the meeting rooms there uh, that are set up for uh, instructions or seminars or, you know, what bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does yeah. it. Tailgate parties, There's, birthday parties. Endless. Yeah. So you go check out Royal Range, uh, RoyalRangeUSA.com, and uh, let Art know that you're a leadhead. He'd appreciate that. So, Brian, I'll let you in on a little secret before we got started, um, and I hear that train rolling in now, so let's take care of some jack wagons and honor some heroes. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. Jack wagons. Yes, sir. Jack wagons. Jack wagon time. <laughs> jack wagons, amateur chainsaw people. Uh... In the tornadoes, if you were out in the tornadoes and you bought a brand new chainsaw and went out to start chainsawing trees, you were uh, you were probably in the emergency room by the end of the day. And <laughs> we saw a lot of that on the on the night of the tornadoes. Uh, if you if you want to get trained up on how to use a chainsaw, contact the Tennessee Rangers. We have the uh, the best squadron sawyer team that you could ever imagine. Our Squadron Sawyers are fantastic artists with the chainsaw. Uh, they can teach you how to operate it. They can teach you how to look at a situation and, and how to maintain dress, safety. How to dress? They can teach for you it. how to dress like a lumberjack. Right. Yep. So you don't they, uh, cut your leg up. They're very stylish. Very stylish. Very yeah, cool. You know, uh, we went out with the uh, Sheepdog Impact Assistance Group during that. They uh, organized uh, a team, and they had some. Some top-notch sawyers as well. So I got some schooling. Yeah. I think I, I consider myself a an amateur uh, sawyer now. <laughs> Not quite yeah, as professional uh, as them, but uh, I got some wood cut. We did some good work. Yeah, it was a lot of work to be done. It really hit us hard here in uh, in Tennessee with those tornadoes, and then the COVID crap coming right behind that really devastated us. That's right. The uh, talking about chainsaws, we'll be holding our uh, our squatter and sawyer course this uh, this summer, probably actually spring springtime. Uh, our uh, D Ratliff, one of our members, runs that, and it's a uh, a fantastic opportunity for guys to get out and actually learn the the professional skills behind how to use a chainsaw. Uh, not to mention the safety aspects. Uh, we run a first aid portion of that of that class uh, as well as uh tree climbing so we've got some some good opportunities for training here in the summer on on chainsaws do you call that the tarzan class for tree climbing <laughs> <laughs> we might we might need to change the name yeah yeah so uh that's a good one i like that um because it is dangerous to run a chainsaw and if you don't know what you're doing you could hurt you and you could hurt uh, a lot of property and other people cutting down that's trees right it's it's pretty serious stuff. So my jack wagon is a is a bill, and I'm I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this uh, HR one twenty seven uh, bill, mm -hmm. the Shabika S H E I K is it Sheik Shake 
I don't know. She was one of the uh, uh, children, people that were killed during that shooting that happened in uh, at the Santa Fe High School. Was that like two years ago? Yeah. A couple of years ago, like 2018 or something like that. Uh, I mean, there was like 12 or 13 or something like that uh, killed during that. Um, let me read this here real quick. So she was an exchange student. She was a... A Pakistani exchange student, so I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, but they've named the bill after her, which I don't know why they picked her, um, a Pakistani exchange student, when there were Americans that were killed. Also, uh, I guess it's they're you know getting into that politically correct or playing their their political card. I don't know how how they're going, but. The fact that they named it after her and not, you know, some of the other people that were killed as well, I, I, don't, I don't get that. But the bill establishes a process for the licensing and registration of firearms. Shocker. It also prohibits the possession of certain ammunition and large-capacity ammunition feeding devices. Uh, it says, first, the Bureau of uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives must establish a licensing system. Uh, in addition, the department, the DOJ, must establish and maintain a publicly available database of all registered firearms. So there's a database with everybody's name and uh, address and all that stuff. They're going to make you take a psychic valuation in addition to a background check. Um, you got to be 21 years of age or older. And you have to have an insurance policy. Uh, you also have to have certified training course to go along with that psychological evaluation. Uh, so if you don't pass the psychological evaluation or if you've got a prior history of mental illness, which that mental illness is a big net, you know, it's, it's a wide net. Uh, it also establishes additional requirements for an antique firearm display license and a military-style weapons license. The bill generally prohibits and penalizes the possession of a firearm or ammunition unless the individual complies with licensing and registration requirements. Further, it pro prohibits the transfer of a firearm or ammunition to an unlicensed person. So this is their, um, I guess what they call the gun show loophole because it's perfectly legal for me to meet with Brian right now. And if he would like to buy one of mine or if I would like to buy one of his, or we want to trade firearms, we can do that. And we don't have to have any sort of register. We don't have to go to an FFL or anything to, to do that, which that's the way it should be. As long as we're face to face and we're both residents of the state of Tennessee. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, so that's the way it should be. It, should be that way Absolutely. even when you go to a to a store to buy you shouldn't i mean there should be no background checks it's just it's ludicrous um but the bill generally prohibits and penalizes possession of firearms so i read that uh finally it generally prohibits and penalizes the possession of ammunition that is 50 caliber or greater and the possession of large capacity ammunition uh, feed device so Large capacity, again, what is that? They, they can define two could be large capacity. I mean, if, if they, more than one could be large capacity. Um, so, 
but what it is your, is, your is, Magpul D60 is is on the list. All of them. Your your thirty round mags are going to be on the the list. Uh, your Mission First Tactical thirty round mags, which I'm holding up my Leadhead Brigade uh, Mission First Tactical thirty round two two three mag here, which uh, you can go to Mission First Tactical, their sponsor of the show, and use code Leadhead and get twenty percent off. Uh, anything there, but this is a, it's a racist and it is, uh, targeting, you know, people with mental health. So it's, it's discriminating against people, uh, who may or may not have, you know, mental health issues because, or have ever, or have ever searched out treatment for, for mental health. So right. what a way to, what a way to limit people's want and ability to, to reach out for mental health. Absolutely. Um, I was talking with Mike Sodini, who uh, you guys know, uh, listeners of the show, Mike Sodini started Walk the Talk America, which uh, is an organization that uh, is pro-2A that is trying to bridge the gap between the mental health industry and the 2A community. And uh, he was the one who really brought this to my attention today. And um, he, he showed this to the Mental Health of America organization. They're like one of the largest organizations dealing with mental health in our in our country. And they never would have seen this had it not been for the connections that he has uh, in that organization. So he sent it to them, and they were just like, no, this is, this is wrong. So they got on the phone right then and there, the Mental Health of America, and they started, uh, you know, calling the, the people that were behind this. I think it was introduced by... Uh, who was this introduced by? Um, Sheila. This is Jackson. Sheila Jackson. Yeah, Sheila Jackson. She's a Democrat from Texas. So um, they were on the phone with trying to get in touch with her, I think, on this. But we're going to get Mike and one of the representatives from the Mental Health of America on the show next uh, next week, I believe. We're trying to get that scheduled. So we're going to do a show and talk specifically about this bill, how it's discriminating how it's racist because look at all the um uh you know money monetary requirements that they're putting in here with you got to have certified training you got to have insurance policy you got to go you know the criminal background which is you know unconstitutional to begin with the psychological evaluation um i mean they're really trying to make it monetarily prohibitive uh for anybody and then on top of this you know they're talking about taxing ammunition and you know, all kinds of other stuff. So uh, this is something that you guys definitely need to be aware of. It's H.R. 127, the 117th Congress, uh, proposed by Sheila Jackson, a Texas Democrat. And you need to get in touch with your your representatives and let them know that you're not for this. So that's my jack wagon. I don't have any more jack wagons I really want to talk about right now. Do you have any more jack wagons? Jack wagons. I mean, there's a ton of them out there. I, I hate M-Lock and K-Mod stuff. Can we just bring back the Picatinny rail, please? <laughs> okay. Just just put the rail back on there? Yeah, I just want the old Watt-style Picatinny rail. You know, I'm showing my age right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate fighting K-Mod and M-Lock stuff. But I do like innovation, so I like that companies come out with things like that to give us options. Everything I have has it on it. I just yeah, and I'm 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 covered up with it. But you got to make sure you get one or the other because you know you don't want to get a mixture of the two because then you got to go because those little 
the little uh, attachment thingies don't fit in an M lock right. won't fit in a yep. in a key mod, and a key mod won't fit in They're an M lock. Proprietary. I actually took a uh, took one of those to my grinder and grind <laughs> grinded one of them down to fit. I was like, <laughs> screw it. It's like I don't even have key mod. I'm gonna use the M lock. So. <laughs> The hero. Yeah, I don't have any more jack wagons. There's probably, like I said, there's tons. If you guys want to submit jack wagons, talkingleadgmail.com, put in the, in the subject jack wagon nominations or Leadhead Brigade Heroes, which I'm going to do now. And, uh, and mine's going to be Walk the Talk America, Mike Sodini, with having the, uh, you know, the gumption to start that organization with not knowing a whole lot about, because he's the first to really do that in our industry, in the firearms industry. He was the uh, president of Eagle Imports. He he sold his, I guess, his interest in Eagle Imports and started doing this full time with Walk the Talk mm-hmm. America. So this is his his passion, and in the the few years that he started this and doing this, he's really making some good good headway. And like I said, we're going to get him on um, probably next couple of episodes. We'll have him on, and we'll get an update on where they are and what all they've been doing. So uh, looking forward to that episode. What about you, Brian? Who's your heroes? Heroes. You know, i got to say, Royal Range has been a fantastic organization, like we were talking about. The 511 store, outstanding. So uh, tell me about the 511 store. They're, they're, they opened a few years ago here in, in Nashville. And yep. I, I haven't been there yet. Haven't haven't visited. I got an invitation. They've got the to go. full line. They've got all of the five eleven gear, uh, bags, clothing, etc. Uh, anything five eleven, they've got it. So go check them out. Dalen Savage is the the man over there. So tell them the Tennessee Rangers sent you. There you go. Any more heroes? Heroes. Tennessee Rangers. The Tennessee Rangers, and we're going to talk about the Tennessee Rangers. That's we right. want to find out all about them. I'm going to go through our mailbox here real quick just to make sure I'm not missing any of the lead heads. Let's see. This is Joe. Joe says, great podcast, thanks. So, dear Talking Lead, I just found your podcast and tried to write you from your site. And a lot of people do that, so don't try to contact me through the website because that's like the very last place that I look. I don't go to those, and they don't get forwarded to me, so... Talkingled at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me. Um, but I don't know if it got through. Uh, it probably didn't. Anyway, I enjoyed your show, TLP388, and I'll be listening to more of them. Which, 388? I haven't done a 388 yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, he must be from the future. <laughs> um. That's odd. 388. 38, uh, yeah. Because this is going to be like 387. Oh, 338. Three. 338. I misread that. <laughs> so let's go back to 338 because it takes Which me a minute is that? to remember. That's been a while back. Yeah, I'm on the list here. If you're going to reference a, a podcast, reference the what it was about to. <laughs> Uh, sub six pound three hundred eight rifles, electronic triggers. Was that a shot That's, show episode? Looks that way. You're in front of a uh, a barn door. A barn door. <laughs> a wooden a wooden barn door. 
Yeah, that was the booth. Uh, Buck Nyes. Buck Nyes was hosting us uh, during that show. Gotcha. And the uh, our guest, we had, um, we were back from a Caribbean cruise. Bur- oh, yeah, that's, uh, I just got back from the Caribbean uh, from a birthday. That was a nice little cruise that I did there. But we had uh, Michael Hess with ASP USA, which they've got some great flashlights. I don't know if you're familiar with their their products or not, uh, but they do a lot of Mm-mm. law enforcement uh, equipment, cuffs and batons and... Oh, you mean you ASP, you said? Yeah, ASP, ASP USA, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Got a ton of ASP stuff. So uh, I've been using their flashlights. They've got some dual-fuel flashlights that I've really been uh, enjoying over the last few years. Michael's hooked me up, and I've been testing them out. The Spectrum DF is the most recent one that I've been using. Uh, it gives the ability to do red, green, or blue light or flashing yeah, light neat. as your your secondary, your double click. So you can yep. you can set that up to whichever one uh, of those that you want, uh, or you can go through and then you can just cycle through them and get get whichever one you want. But I love the dual fuel ability on that to be able to to plug it into one of these chargers and charge it, or just throw a you know a regular energizer in there and and run with sure. it too have those as backups um really good flashlights and they've got a discount code set up for you leadheads too Uh, i forget to mention it all the time but um i believe it is lead 20 l-e-a-d 20 to get 20 percent off all the flashlights and flashlight accessories at aspusa.com but we had uh keith garcia on and Frank DeSoma, the the late great Frank DeSoma of uh, Patriot Ordnance Factory, uh, he passed away last year. Uh, unfortunately, another great innovator in our industry. But they had just come out with their 308 that was under six pounds. Uh, really, really nice 308. I got to shoot that during Range Day. Uh, and then we had U.S. Arms Company. They have the the electronic trigger, and it was interesting. I haven't tried it out other than um, them bringing it by there and just kind of kind of showing it to me. But it was it was pretty innovative. I think they're a Tennessee company too. I think U.S. Arms is out of really? Tennessee, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Electronic trigger. Yeah. And Does it take batteries? I, I I would assume if it's electronic, it's got to run on some kind of power. So. <laughs> I'll have so to go back and listen to that episode and uh, and remember it. But um, you know, I talked to so many different people and so many different companies, and especially at Shot Show. I mean, Shot Show is unbelievable, man. It's just I do probably you know thirty to forty interviews in those three days. You know, ten or more a day, and it just it just you know they all run together at times. And I get people's cards yeah. and they're like, contact me, and you know we'll do this and we'll do that, and. Uh, it just gets overwhelming sometimes, and sometimes they fall through the crack. And U.S. Arms, if you're listening, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to make a note right now to get in touch with you guys and follow up with you. Are they saying 2022 for next shot show? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're saying it, but I mean, they don't, they can't do anything until Las Vegas gives them the green light, yeah. you know. Or they could come to Tennessee and have it. We'd yeah, love that's to. Exactly where I was going with that. Love Let's to have it. them, but. Uh, heroes again, I'm going back to our heroes, um, Texas and Mississippi are heroes because they lifted their mask bans. Uh, 
or mandates. They're mask mandates. Uh, Opened up in general. Yeah, it's just they lifted the the requirement to wear masks. So, yeah, uh, I like that. I like that. I guess Tennessee should be pretty close behind. They've pretty much lifted everything here in Tennessee f- for the most part. I mean, I didn't follow it anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the, most people uh, did either. So, you know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Exactly. It's like if you want to wear a you tank top, wear, wear one, a tank wear top. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't. I don't care what you. Just wear. not to the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, depends on where you're at, I guess. If you're up in Knoxville, if you're in Gatlinburg, that's all you see yeah. up there during the summer. It's okay. It's okay up there. Right. <laughs> So, uh, back to the email here real quick. Um, Joe. So there, we, we tracked down 338. So that's a good episode to cut your teeth on. Um, a lot of information in that one. He said, you ask people to let you know where uh, we go for our news. We go to gatewaypundit.com, bigleaguepolitics.com, townhall.com, and citizenfreepress.com. For politics so i did um a few episodes back i kind of went through and was just reading the headlines um of what was going on during that week and i went to several mm-hmm. different news sites just to see the differences and what they were reporting and how they were wording their headlines um and i'd wish i'd done that last year to be able to compare last year to this year just to see the different trends and what's being look being at that reported. that overlay Exactly. Just like, you know, all last year was nothing but, you know, COVID and 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 Trump and, you know, wanting to uh, impeach Trump. Bullcrap. You know, that's all it was. Just Trump, 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 COVID, 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 blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You didn't hear about anything else. So I think I'll do that again. Let me finish his email. I think I'll do that again for this episode. And I'll just kind of ever so often I'll go through and I'll, I'm going to read the, the headlines. Uh, and then he goes on to say, by the way, we bought this steel barricade system to keep bad guys from kicking in our doors. Um, it's cheap, and it's just two, three-inch lag bolts joining into jack studs of the door frame. Well, that goes back to our Armor Concepts episode that we did just a few episodes uh, back. Um, Armor Concepts is a Nashville company. They're based out of Nashville. Uh, and they, they do home fortification with windows and doors. And yep. um, we had set you lead heads up with a discount code there. Also, I think it's lead head, and you were going to get like 20 25% off. And that's still good. So make sure you go there to their website, armorconcepts.com. And, um, I mean, if you're into the home fortification, you need to be if you're not. Yeah, it's a fantastic company. Yeah. So check them out. Uh, Joe, thank you for the the email. I appreciate that. Appreciate you um, being a leadhead now, and keep the emails coming. If you got uh, jack wagons or leadhead brigade heroes that you want to nominate, send them in. But I think I'll read some some headlines real quick. Are you? Do you have a computer in front of you at all? I have a uh, tablet. Okay, I just thought you might want to read some too. Um, yeah. So I tried this gatewaypundit.com, and it says. Click here to go through a standard security check. Three easy steps. I'm not going to do that, so <laughs> they can suck it on that that news website. What was another one of his other ones here? I'll read. 
I'll try it. Citizenfreepress.com. Let's try that one. Let's see what kind of news we're getting here from Citizen Free Press. Biden's immigration bill has a waiver for slave masters. Manhunt expands for Chinese student who murdered U.S. Army veteran. Graduate student at MIT committed cold-blooded murder. China using emotion recognition technology to arrest citizens. AI more accurate than doctors. Uh, I mean, they just the way this is set up is it's just um, there's no pictures or anything. It's just got a link to these, I guess, these articles here. Yeah. Um, so that's Citizen Free Press. Fox News uh, on March 4th, 2021. Uh, their top stories here. He felt untouchable. Ex Cuomo A details harassment allegations in new interview. He's trying to sleep with me in quotes. So that's real big in the news now. We're probably going to see a lot of that where Cuomo's uh, been. Uh, what's the word? Accused. Accused. Thank you. I- He's being accused of sexual harassment with uh, several different ladies have come forward now. And he's got his tears and oh, woe me campaign going right now. Well, I didn't know it was sexual harassment. I didn't mean it to be. He's a douche. He's such an arrogant douche. I hope he goes down hard. He he likes to kiss people on the cheeks, it looks like. It looks like that, yeah. And just specifically women. He doesn't kiss men on the cheeks. Yeah, he's touchy. He likes to touch. He likes to touch, yeah. Uh, but that's that's all I'm seeing here on Fox is Megan McCain calls out Gil Brand for double standard in her response to sexual harassment claims. Cuomo won't be getting Emmy for apology performance. Hannity slams mainstream media as unethical, says Andrew Cuomo would have been under fire long ago. Uh, so that, this is the, the right trying to bring down Cuomo. Texas Lieutenant Governor slams Biden's Neanderthal thinking comment on lifting COVID restrictions. Uh, Rubio trolls Biden over Neanderthal comment. I just saw an article today that said that uh, Neanderthals could actually speak human language. Okay. I don't know how they know that. Maybe Neanderthals are smarter than we thought. They probably were. See, Fox obtains draft recommendations from Capitol Riot Task Force led by Lieutenant General Russell, H-O-N-O-R-E. Camelia Harris casts tie-breaking vote to launch debate over 1.9 trillion COVID-19 bill. Um, here are some books canceled by Amazon. There's an a <laughs> article there about Amazon, I guess, blackballing some books. Uh, but that's kind of the... The headlines there we're getting from Fox. Let's go to CNN. We'll go to the other side of the the spectrum. Let's see. Trending Megan interview. Justice Amy Coney Barrett's first majority written opinion limits reach of FOIA. Supreme Court deals blow to undocumented immigrants challenging deportations. Federal investigators are examining communications between U.S. lawmakers and Capitol rioters. They're still on that. Where were they when all the the riots were going on in in our cities across the the nation, the murders and the destruction and 
and all that. Well, they're, they're still going on. Uh, Portland is is riddled with violence right now. Still riding. So, what are they mad um, about now? I'm not sure. <laughs> what are they? What do they have to to be mad about now? Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's too. They have great food trucks in Portland. Yeah. Here's one that says it's too soon. Business owners react to Texas lifting mask mandate. Business owners, <laughs> why would they? They're the ones who it's affecting. But again, this is CNN, so here you go. You're going to hear their side of things. Ready, nervous, feeling alone. Texas business owners are responding to Governor Greg Abbott's decision on mask. Two political truths Biden can't ignore. Fauci, America shouldn't loosen COVID-19 restrictions until daily new cases hit this mark. California to reserve 40% of vaccine doses for underserved communities. So they're talking about the, the COVID stuff here. That's their big, they're trying to keep the COVID alive. It's, it's kind of the trend I'm seeing here. He just checked out of politics. Kushner disappears from Trump's inner circle. Eh, who cares? Uh, and then if I go Duck, Duck, Go, which I think I used them last time, Duck, Duck, Go just pulls the top stories, I guess, from all the major sources, ABC, Reuters, Yahoo, Washington Post. Uh, and theirs goes, Georgia moving to repeal citizens' arrest after uh, Arbery death. Georgia has moved closer to possible repeal of a 1863 law that lets private citizens make an arrest more than a year after the fatal shooting of Ahmad Arbery. Update one. This is from Reuters. Update one. Japan to extend Tokyo area state of emergency to March 20 March 21st. Yahoo QAnon shaman says he stormed Capitol to bring God back into the Senate. The man known as the QAnon Shaman said he was only trying to spread good vibes and the word of God when he broke into the Capitol and even stopped a brazen thief from swiping muffins from the break room. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Washington Post, UN finds soaring poverty and virus hit Latin America. There's another Reuters after record COVID-19 deaths. Bolsonaro tells Brazilians to stop whining and move on in the latest remarks attacking distance measures and downplaying the gravity of the pandemic. California police officer find four-foot crocodile while searching for drugs at man's waterfront home. See, these are the kind of headlines I want to read. This is on people uh, on msn.com. <laughs> so I would click on that and read that. Uh, there's a earthquake triggers a tsunami warning. This is CNN on MSN.com. New Zealand 8.1 magnitude earthquake. Uh, and then it's got Washington Post, USA Today. Man charged after employee finds six pounds of meth while cleaning uh, a motel. I saw that uh, Ashley Babbitt's family just released their first press release. And and tell us who Ashley Babbitt is. That's the uh, lady that was shot at the Capitol. Okay. So they just now did a, a release on that, a statement? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How Do Her you know family. what it said? 
I don't. It was on Gateway Pundit. When you mentioned Gateway Pundit, Gateway I looked Pundit? at it. Okay. Yeah. Because none of these are mentioning it. None of these that I have read so far have mentioned that. Let's see. Businesses bid to enforce COVID safety rules stymied by Texas governor decision to scrap Matt. Well, that that's their individual rights. If they want to do that, they can do that. He's just saying it's not a state mandate now. Yeah. As an individual business, you can do that. So don't get butthurt over it. <laughs> you know, if people get pissed because you're doing it and you lose business, then that's on you. That's the that's the market. Right? Exactly. Uh, let's see. Capital Police request extension of National Guard to protect Congress. Bunch of sissies. Marsha Blackburn, here's your girl. Defends hey. Neanderthals following Biden criticism. <laughs> Neanderthals again. She's a Tennessean. Oh, Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn. When Marsha went to Arizona, our friends at the Arizona Rangers handled uh, the liaison for her security. Oh, nice. Very good. So th those are the headlines there, uh, Leadheads. Uh, you kind of see the trends that's going on at this point in our lives. Still a lot of COVID debate going on. A lot of, a lot of political bullshit that I don't really care about. I, I ran across a, an, an alligator article while you were gone, while you are going to pee. And I was like, now alligator that, article. That's what I want to read. Yeah, like a an, somebody found an alligator in their swimming pool. You know, that's the kind of stories I want to read. <laughs> Wasn't in Tennessee, was it? No, no, no. It was. I don't remember where it was. We might get alligators in the next few years. We, uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have we didn't have armadillos at all. Oh, I know. And armadillos are all over the place. Now we're eat up with them. They're everywhere. So we and, might get some gators here. In a and few hogs years. too. We didn't have that many hogs either. Now yeah. hogs are. Starting yep. to to flood Tennessee as well, which I kind of like because I like I like shooting all hunting opportunities. Right, that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, but they can do a lot of damage, though. They, they can, and they've made it. Uh, you know, when they are legal to hunt, people tend to tend to release them into the woods yeah. and create feral hogs, which is a big, big problem. Yeah, and I think that's why we've got them. Because yep. people have been doing that. So, so those are the headlines. That's our planes and trains segment. If you've got a hero, you've got a a jack wagon you want to submit, talkingletgmail.com, send those to me, and I'll read those on the air. Uh, most of the times. <laughs> Sometimes they, they escape me. But we want to uh, talk... Another, another hero. Yeah. Uh, another hero. The, uh, the Pipeitters Union Motorcycle Club. Pipeiters Union Motorcycle Club. Okay. Those guys are great. They uh, they do a lot of really good work for folks around town. It's a, a veterans organization, uh -huh. uh, and they're phenomenal. They do great charity work. Check them out. Oh, here's, a, here's definitely a jack wagon that we need to take care of real quick. Uh, and this comes from uh, our buddy... Uh, Bill, I don't know if he wants me to let him let y'all know that he sent this or not, but uh, on March 25th, 2020, just 12 days after COVID-19 was declared a national emergency in the U.S., an opportunistic, opportunistic trademark troll filed trademarks for the word uh, thin blue line, 
thin red line and thin white line to cover dozens of popular product categories, including watches and apparel, using the cover of the COVID-19 crisis and the fact that companies' attentions were elsewhere. The United States Patent and Trademark Office approved the trademark filings without opposition. This is shocking as countless companies across the U.S. were already using these word marks for those same product categories. This individual is now attempting to extort companies for fees. Moreover, our team has learned that this individual has nothing to do with law enforcement or fire rescue communities and is simply using this opportunity for unjust financial enrichment. So shirts, hats, coats, pants, sweatpants, sweatshirts, toy cars, toy figures, toy guns, board games, firearms, excluding revolvers, clocks, commemorative coins, jewelry, you name it. Uh, this guy went in and got the patent for thin blue line. I wonder how he, how they got it, revolvers excluded. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe somebody already had revolvers. He hmm. wasn't able to get it because somebody already had it. Somebody was smart enough to go ahead and do that. That but, sounds like a but you see this thing. You see this a lot. People will go and check and see if something's been trademarked or not, and you know if it hasn't, then they're going to jump on it, and the people that are using it are going to have to pay them. Um, that's the way our country works. The way the law works. So I can maybe see this one getting maybe revoked. I don't know because it does deal with. Um, law enforcement and first responders and stuff. I don't know. Well, it's such a common phrase as well. Yeah. You know, there's no way this guy came up with it. You know, there's no way that it's he... like, it's like trademarking peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Or awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, definitely uh jack wagon material right there. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of smart Dude. too, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I admire the guy or or what. You know, if it had been like something else that he had trademarked, I think we'd probably be going, "Yeah, hell yeah, that'd be great." But because it has to deal with the thin blue line and red line, I don't know. Anywho, I think I think it uh, merited mentioning. So let's wrap up the the planes and trains. Get the the plane and and our plane is called Lead Force One. Uh, Brian, we call it Lead Force One. The pilot of Lead Force One. Who do you think the pilot of Lead Force One is? Where, where the gunny is the, the engineer of the jack wagon train, and he takes care and maintains our jack wagons for us. Who do you think is on Lead Force One? I'm not sure. Who is it? So we had a, we had a contest with our listeners, and we had them submit uh, different nominees. We had a, anywhere from um, – did you watch Independence Day? Oh, yeah. You remember the, the guy who played Uncle Uncle Eddie? In the yeah. in the vacation yeah. movies, the shitter's full. Yeah, Clark shitter's full. He was in that, and he was a he was a, like a drunk pilot or whatever. He was nominated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. We had we had uh, Maverick from Top Gun nominated. We had Chuck Yeager. We had you know it ran the gamut of of nominees. Guess who won? <laughs> who won? The ghost of Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> Not Charlton Heston, but the ghost of Charlton Heston. So he's, it's Moses. Yeah, right? Moses, and he was the Planet of the Apes dude. and That's right. Uh, he was the Omega Man. And the head of the NRA. And the head of the NRA, definitely. And he could kick some ass. 
So he's a, right. he's from my he, cold dead hands. There you go. All right. So that wraps up our, our trains and planes segment. So we want to find out about Brian and the Tennessee Rangers. So Brian, yes, tell sir. us a little bit about you, Brian Seaver and, uh, the, the Tennessee Rangers. Give us a little history of what they're all about, who they are. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Marty. Uh, me personally, I uh, I work in the security industry. I've worked in the security industry for over 20 years, um, mainly in the executive protection field and the uh, intelligence side of the house. Um, now, did you get I've started worked- in that after watching the movie The Bodyguard? With <laughs> well, Kevin Costner and... Well, on the timeline, I did, but I don't know that it was that much of an influence. Because that's your aunt's song. That's right. That's that's right. She uh, she wrote "I Will Always Love You." I know. That's right. You know, I uh, I actually ran into Kevin Costner um, years ago. It was probably six seven years ago. We were at the Lowe's Vanderbilt Plaza doing a doing an event, and we were walking down the hall with and full security team in tow, and um, all of a sudden, this guy came out of one of the the hallways. Dirty jeans, untucked shirt, unshaven, and immediately made a move for And I pinned this guy up against the the wall before I could even tell who it was. It was Kevin Costner. (laughs) And uh, I told him, I said, man, you should have known better being being in bodyguard. Right. (laughs) Being in bodyguard. Come on, dude. You know know I'm going to do this. (laughs) Come on. You know how this goes. (laughs) He's a nice guy, though. Now, I've worked in the security industry for over 20 years. I, um, I worked for a company called Phoenix Consulting Group uh, for about six, almost seven years in the early 2000s in the intelligence collection field, um, industrial intelligence, uh, information collection, information security. We did a, uh, a, a lot of red team work, and that was where I really built my skill set. It was red and team work. Red team is where uh, you basically do penetration testing of security functions, whether they're electronic, uh, physical security. Uh, they could be physical security as far as venues, factories, research and development centers, all that kind of thing. So typically we were hired by industry to check out their security functions in their facilities. Okay. So they would send me and my team in to go and, and try to try to see if we could break in, see if we could, uh, pilfer, right. uh, merchandise, that kind of thing. We had a guest on a while back, Clint, Clint Emerson. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with, with Clint or not. Yep. Former special forces dude. Um, but we had him on and he was telling us some stories cause he did that too. And he was telling us some stories about, uh, a couple of break-ins that they did to test people's securities where they would like uh, woo the secretary, take her out for drinks, get passwords and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazed. You could you can sit at a at an Applebee's outside of a research and development center and people will will tell you any number of of things about the the secret goings on inside that factory. Yeah, that's what he it's, says uh, amazing. I was like I can't can't believe that. But yeah, apparently they did. Yeah, and that's what we would do. We would, and then afterwards, we would go in and give an after-action report on what we found, and and then build and implement systems to help them fix those problems. Yeah. So. Loose lips sink ships. Sink ships. That's right. 
That's right. And, you know, from that, I segued into the executive protection arena. Uh, my father worked for many years in the, uh, in the executive protection bodyguard world. I, uh, I attended Executive Security International in Colorado, cool. uh, which is one of the, the leaders in the private sector executive protection training realm. Um, I, uh, I've worked for folks all over the world, uh, from South America to Europe, Eastern Europe, Africa, um, and all over the U S and Canada doing executive protection. We do a lot of, uh, tour security, my company, Fencebridge strategic risk. We, um, we do a lot of canine explosive detection. Uh, so we'll attach a, a canine team onto a, a musical tour, an entertainment tour, and we'll follow them all over the world, wherever they go, yeah. conducting sweeps, explosive detection sweeps for those venues that they're, that they're frequenting. I would say, I would think being here in Nashville, you, do you handle like the Taylor Swifts and the McGraws and people like that? Brooks? We, uh, we do a lot of stuff around venues here in Nashville. Um, we're not specifically affiliated with those, with those artists at yeah. the time, at this time. I would just use them uh, as examples. Yeah, we do we do the Ryman, uh we do a lot of the the explosive detection for the Grand Ole Opry. Any any venue in town, we've we've been in there with our dogs. So and what kind of dogs do you use? Well, we use all different kinds. We've uh we've got a lot of uh Dutch and Belgian Malinois, Dutch Shepherds and Belgian Malinois. We've got uh giant schnauzers. Okay. We've got a uh, a beautiful new golden retriever named Ryman that just finished her training <laughs> and she is soft and fluffy and, and has a big smile on her face. So she's I need a, to a, introduce you to our good buddy, uh, senior team leader Garcia. Um, he does uh, correctional. Yeah. I'm very familiar with him. His, uh, his, his giant schnauzers. schnauzers. Are, we actually have one of his schnauzers. Oh, uh, okay. Mo- Mogan is uh, one of our, one of our dogs is uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was either one of his dogs at, at, the timer it was he was uh he was sired from one of his dogs you've got mogan is it the mogan or is it maybe one of mogan's kids it may have been we had mogan for for a good while he he was on our one of our tours that we did all through canada okay maybe he named his other one mogan too i don't know he may have mogan too (laughs) i'll i'll let him know i'll i'll let him know you're on the show um he he comes on the show uh, frequently yeah I, i i saw that he had done some uh, episode with you oh yeah yeah we're, we're good buddies yeah he's got some great dogs now my but uh, furthermore we use you know everything from uh you know like i said uh belgian shepherds to we've even got uh english springer spaniels uh that are really really great they're small they're compact we can we can put them up on a road box or in a in a on top of a vehicle yeah and and they're very very easy to use and they're they've got a lot of energy you know we do a lot of the a lot of the canine stuff we're um we do primarily consulting uh as far as uh the security side of the house goes we're not a a guard firm we do specifically consulting as far as that goes so we'll source any type of protection that a that a client needs now we'll we're talking about the, the Tennessee Rangers right now, right? Not the No, I'm talking about I'm talking about my company specifically, okay. Fencebridge. Okay, I want to make um, sure we're we're clear. This isn't the Tennessee Rangers we're talking about yet. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. And what's the name of that company again? 
That's my company, FenceBridge. FenceBridge Fence. Strategic Risk. Okay, French yep. Bridge. Okay, FenceBridge. So, I guess it was uh, 2019. Uh, I was nominated to be uh, appointed colonel, aide de camp to the governor, by uh, state rep Del Carr. And uh, I was appointed as colonel aide de camp to the governor. And from that, we decided to uh, to create a, a charitable organization. And uh, we decided to call it the Tennessee Rangers. We had a, a group of local security professionals, guys that were venue security managers, uh, top executive protection guys in the state, law enforcement leaders um, that were all organized uh, in the same in the same industry. And we decided to pull our, our resources together and create a charity group that could reach out to the citizens of the state of Tennessee. And that's what we did. We, we chartered the Tennessee Rangers as a 501c3 and a Tennessee Public Benefit Corporation and started from there. And, uh, and it's grown into something really special. Now, the Rangers actually have – there used to be a Tennessee Rangers. I mean, there was a, it was an actual – That's right. Um, that's right. The Tennessee Law Rangers were the military establishment. That's right. Yeah. Talk the about Tennessee that. Rangers were the very first law enforcement agency in the state of Tennessee. They were founded in 1915 and they were disbanded in 1923 after a long run of success or a short run of success, I should say. Yeah. Uh, between 1915 and 1923, they did a lot of operations, but they were in the midst of a political upheaval. And just like the Texas Rangers were nearly abolished around that same time, the Tennessee Rangers were abolished and they were replaced with the Tennessee Highway Patrol. Ah, um, okay. And that's where we get the, uh, the state troopers office from. Interesting. So the, uh, the Tennessee State Guard and the, the Tennessee Rangers were actually a, a, a very parallel set of groups in the, in the early 1900s in the state of Tennessee. Um, there was, they were trying to figure out how to, uh, how to create a national guard, how to create a state guard and, and from the remnants of the, the post-war conflict. And, and so they were, um, they were eager to try to figure those things out. And there were states everywhere from New Jersey to California that were, that were trying to, uh, to implement new organizations, new, new entities within the state to handle everything from civil unrest to uh, uh, criminal investigation. And a lot of them existed as early paramilitary organizations like the Texas Rangers, the Arizona Rangers, uh, and, and also the Tennessee Rangers. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, in the early 1900s, there was a, a heavy push to um, professionalize and mobilize the um, – these law enforcement agencies from horseback based law enforcement into motorized radio based law enforcement. And that's where we, uh, that's where we get the, the state troopers office in the state of Tennessee, which I might add is the absolute best law enforcement agency in this state. Oh, my buddy, Michael will be glad to hear you say that. <laughs> he's a, uh, they're, he's they're a Tennessee highway patrol guy. They're fantastic. They've, they're a super professional organization. They've got the, the best training in this state as far as law enforcement goes. Yeah. I can't speak highly enough of them. Yeah. So you guys, um, you took the, the Tennessee Rangers uh, for your nonprofit organization, took that name. 
talk about what it is that you guys offer as a as an organization. Yeah, so the Tennessee Rangers are are designed to provide charitable outreach to the state, to citizens of the state, but we're also there uh, to provide specialist services to law enforcement agencies all throughout the state, whether they be local, county, city, or even federal law enforcement agencies. We can provide specialist uh, subject matter experts that can come in, uh, and whether it be on an investigative level, uh, we can provide man trackers, we can provide technical scuba divers, pilots, um, that are that are either post certified or have specialty skill sets that don't actually exist in those in those agencies. So that's something that we've we've been doing over the last year uh, with organizations as far as uh, search and rescue, man tracking, where we'll go out and, and actually assist local organizations, local when entities. When you say man tracking, is that like fugitive fugitive recovery type stuff? It, it could be fugitive recovery, but. It, more likely what we would be looking at is a missing person. Ah, uh, okay. I got you. You know, uh, an Alzheimer's patient that's gone missing or a, uh, a missing child. Um, it happens constantly in the state. Do you get uh, in, involved with the, the trafficking, the child trafficking, human trafficking? We actually, our, our upper Cumberland troop has a, uh, a whole, a whole section devoted to that. And uh, on the investigative side of the house, we've got numerous private investigators that are members of our organization. Our Upper Cumberland troop is uh, is staffed with some some really expert investigators uh, that have been working on that on that front. We've also got some associates in our uh, affiliated with our organizations that are uh, that are child advocates that can that can come in in those situations and assist any organization that needs a, uh, a, an advocate for those children to, uh, to come in and, and, and provide that service. So, um, when you get involved with something like that, what's, how do you, how do you work with the, the law enforcement organizations? I mean, uh, I mean, you come in as a, like a consultant type thing, but do they default to you guys for maybe the specialty that you're providing at that point or how does that work? That's exactly right. So, we uh we work really hard to to provide outreach to those to those law enforcement entities uh, just by virtue of our network. Uh, we've got numerous individuals that are are active law enforcement officers in our organization, uh, not to mention benefactors within state leadership that can uh, and do recommend us for those operations. Uh, we've got we've got some of the best men in the state of Tennessee as far as investigative capabilities uh we've got outstanding open source intelligence collection capabilities we can uh we can provide collection on any subject matter and and really nail down a a a specific targeted level of information for whatever that entity needs maybe we should maybe we should kind of back up maybe and talk about maybe how somebody becomes a member of of the organization Or to get so gets involved get, with it. Right now, we're getting a, a ton of of individuals that are reaching out to us for uh, for applying to be a Tennessee Ranger. Uh, typically, most people reach out to the website. Uh, they send a, a message to the website, send an email. We get their resume, and then we start our vetting process. 
Um, that vetting process consists of a background check, uh, a personal interview, face-to-face interview, and then we immediately put the individual through some uh, through some training some training courses just to start them off. Uh, they uh, once their once their initial application packets through, they start off on the TCCC program. Uh, tactical combat casualty care uh, gives them an opportunity to get that stop the bleed training, uh, that first aid training, and and then we immediately start running them through what we call the Intel boot camp, and that that course is basically built to provide that individual with the with the ability to to collect community intelligence, uh, to provide and collate information that's that's focused on the community uh threat information mm-hmm. that's focused on the community uh and to look at that information and analyze it and be able to to design a a, a threat analysis for his specific group uh for us that's his his troop or platoon that he's attached to within our organization yeah okay that allows us to to take that information and we can feed that to law enforcement agencies throughout the state uh, looking at at everything from criminal profiles to you know emergency management functions and these these courses that you require your members to take is this uh, where do they go to take these courses and is this something that i mean they've got to do on their own dime how's that work yeah so the uh we fund the majority of their training. The, uh, the one course that we don't fund is their, their armed guard course. We require our, our members to get a, a Tennessee armed guard license. And that's not because we provide armed guard services. We're not a, a security guard provider. But what we do is we network our membership so that they can work for numerous security vendors throughout the state uh, and have that baseline of training. Uh, that baseline of certification to be able to go and work for a proprietary security company or a, a for hire security guard company. Uh, and they, they take it upon themselves to get that training on their own. Uh, they can get that at Royal range. They can get that from different uh, armed guard trainers throughout the state. There's, there's plenty and we have numerous ones within our organization that we recommend. Now I've, I've, I'm not familiar with what uh, is covered in an armed guard course. Can you, run through that real quick yeah it's a uh it's a a fairly comprehensive uh two-day program on uh the basics of of tennessee state law for armed guards um you're talking about everything from apprehension to uh state law uh uniform regulations uh, weapon regulations, all those kind of things. And then a, uh, a day long shooting program. That's a, a basically a, a pistol, pistol course, proficiency, uh, a pistol kind of proficiency, pistol proficiency, pis, pistol qualification course. Gotcha. Uh, and different instructors teach it different ways. We've got some that are in our organization that, that have a more comprehensive approach to it. And that's one of the other reasons that we, we have the other, aspects of the of the training portions is that it's not it's not just that that armed guard course by any means that's simply uh, a qualification that we require them to have yeah um 
members that are in the organization that are post-certified, that are uh, that are certified law enforcement officers, we don't have them do the the armed guard course uh, just by virtue of the fact that they they have the same ability to work in the security industry with their with their law enforcement credential. Yeah. So the um, you were telling me off air that you guys have a uh, a SAP pistol, a special application pistol. Yeah. Uh, talk talk about that. So our uh, our friends at Nashville Plow Works designed our our special application pistol, the Tennessee Ranger SAP pistol, and uh, we based it on a uh, a Glock forty three X, and uh, we gave it the full rundown. I'll give you the. Uh, a list of what we did to yeah, it. Yeah, let's hear this. So, and he's, who are the people? Plow Tennessee Plow Company. Uh, it's called Nashville Plow Works. Nashville uh, Plow Works. So, do they do farming? Yep. <laughs> Negative. Nashville Plow Works was the uh, was actually one of the uh, most prolific armories uh, prior to and during the Civil War. And uh, I did they made not all, know of the, uh, okay. all of the swords and numerous firearms for, for both the Union and Confederate side. So they made swords. They did indeed. But NashvillePlowWorks.com uh, of today, they specialize in NFA items, uh, specialty firearms, all types of accessories. Uh, they carry a full line of really high-end items. They carry the mod lights. Uh, they carry the uh, uh, Zafiri, all the the Zafiri line. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm on their the, website uh, right now. I did not know that they existed. So this is in Nashville, huh? Actually, uh, Nashville Plowworks is in Madison, Alabama. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Oddly enough, <laughs> they're uh, that's where their uh, that's where their shop is. So, gotcha. The uh, the Tennessee Ranger Special Application Pistol is a Glock 43X base gun. Uh, it's got a Glock Factory 43X fa- frame. Uh, has RCS orbit stippling, deep recess borders, double undercut, gas pedal index points, magwell borders, glove bevel and polish, apex trigger, Ghost Evo Elite 3.5 pound connector, Terran Tactical Spring Kit. A uh, Bob Lewis custom tuned Bob Trigger, three point five pounds. A GGP forty three V one, tritium front black serrated suppressor sights, shoot flat window cut, RMSC Suarez cut, Suarez RMR plate, uh, Glock factory internals and recoil spring. That's about the only thing that we didn't change on it was the the, the factory recoil spring. It just seemed to work better with the gun. Hold that up. Let uh, me see it. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, I thought you had it in your hand right there. <laughs> that's my iPad. So that's the pistol. Nice. It's a stippling there. That's very nice. I like that. It's got a uh, shoot flat porting, uh, Zafiri match grade barrel, crowned and flushed, black nitrided, um, Shield Arms Magazine, which is really cool. That's a 15-round Shield Arms Magazine. Uh, Trigicon uh, RMR. Glack, uh, Glack, 
Glock 43X frame. Um, and yeah. that's it. Now, is this uh, is this issue to the members after they after they get qualified? Negative. <laughs> Negative. <That's>, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they 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 have to they have to buy that one on their own. Yeah, I'll bet, and that's probably uh, carries a nice little price tag with it. I'm sure it does indeed. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that was uh, a bit of an experiment that we uh, we kind of challenged Nashville Plow Works to put the the best concealed carry pistol that we could put together and uh, the most advanced concealed carry pistol why did you check why did you pick the single stack versus a double stack well the uh really like the way it fit i mean it, it conceals really well and the the addition of that shield arms magazine you know which is kind of a a, a double stack mag are you familiar with it i'm not so the shield magazine is a steel uh Glock 43X double stack mag that fits in the single stack 43X. Huh. Okay. And it's the one thing you have to change out. You have to change out the uh, the mag release and put a, a steel mag release on it because the metal magazine will chew up your your plastic mag release. Right. So it's kind of a two part switch, but okay. it really increases the capability of that 43X. Yeah, it does. That's a that's awesome. Yeah, it's so, slick. We we've really enjoyed. So you basically just convert it to a double stack at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you still retain that that thin, slim profile. Right. Very cool. That's awesome. I like that. So let's talk about the um, the air wing portion of the Tennessee Rangers. Yeah. The uh, the Tennessee Ranger Air Wing. We will uh, we will source the funding and provide the logistics and even source the aircraft to fly any child in the state of Tennessee, anywhere in the world for medical treatment. So if that child has medical apparatus that, that can't fit or can't go onto a regular commercial aircraft, we will, we will source the private aircraft to get that child where they need to go. Um, we have, um, we have the ability within our organization by virtue of our aeronautic staff, to uh to provide those kind of logistics and do that kind of sourcing how often have you provided that service we've uh over the last two years we've done it twice uh, and that was really the impetus for for the creation of the tennessee rangers we had by virtue of the fact that we work in the executive protection industry and we're working on private jets all the time with different clients uh, we got approached with that kind of thing periodically over the last few years. And it became uh, the kind of thing where we realized we needed a, a vehicle to be able to to manage that. And that's where it came from. Okay. Now, do you have to, do you have to reside in Tennessee to be a member of the Tennessee Rangers? Well, we prefer it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, just by virtue of needing our, our members to be available for emergency call-outs, uh, for natural disasters, for training, and for for fellowship. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got some members in the uh, in the North Alabama area and the uh, in the Southern Kentucky area, and uh, but we really endorse our our folks to be residents of Tennessee. You don't have to be born here. You don't have to be a, a native of Tennessee. But we we like everybody to to reside here for sure. Yeah, uh, it makes sense, but it also makes sense to have connections 
out there. That's right. You know, we uh, we actually have a. I'm sorry. I said nationwide. Yeah, we uh, we've had wonderful liaison with the Arizona Rangers. The Arizona Rangers were a big influence for how we started, and they uh, their charter is very similar to ours. They're they're a 501c3. They're organized very similarly to us. Uh, they've been around longer and they've, they've had much success for a good while. Um, and they've been very gracious with assisting us in setting up. And, uh, we, uh, we have really had, had good friendship with the Arizona Rangers. Yeah. Now, are they a nonprofit also? They're a nonprofit. Okay. There's a few organizations in the country that are, are Ranger units, so to speak, Ranger formations that are uh that are nonprofits. You've got the Arizona Rangers, you've got the uh New Mexico Mounted Patrol, you've got the Colorado Rangers, the California Rangers, which does a lot of equestrian uh outreach for children. Um they uh and then you've got the um and then you've got the Tennessee Rangers. In the uh in the last year we've gotten a lot of requests from folks in other states that are interested in starting their own ranger formations, their own ranger programs. And uh we look forward to helping them. If uh, if they want to see how we did it and what how we set up, we'd be happy to to reach out to them and and help them in any way we can. Now, it's time for the talking lead facts to fight the myths. So, di- yeah. di- differentiate what sets you apart from a a militia. Yeah. So, you know, a militia is uh, is something that's that's. Uh, been around since the the very beginning of this of this nation and uh you know we still have numerous functions within the states and within the 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 united states to fulfill that that militia role and the tennessee rangers are not a militia we are an auxiliary constabulary meaning we are a, a volunteer group of individuals that have specialty skill sets, both in the security arena, the law enforcement arena, and the emergency management arena, public safety arenas. Uh, we are a humanitarian aid organization, not a militia. Uh, we have no intention of being uh, involved in any sort of partisan politics. That's uh, that's not what we do. Um, and our, our main focus is the citizens of Tennessee. Uh, we, uh, we have done amazing things in this state just by virtue of, of having that, that volunteer spirit, you know, that exists throughout Tennessee. And so that's something that's, that's really special about our, our organization is that, that specific volunteer spirit. Tennessee, the volunteer state. That's right. Just wanted sure. to clarify that you guys are not uh, a militia, so in case anybody's uh, got a misconception about that. Um, but it sounds That's like right. you guys we, do uh, a lot of, you know, charitable uh, type work. So when these, plus, um, yeah, you know, we, we're out. We assist churches with uh, creating security plans. We'll go in and and consult with any church in the state to to provide them with a with a comprehensive security plan. Um, and, and assist their their in-house parishioners with uh, with creating that that function within the church um, you know so we can come in with 
with really good specialists for any church in the state. What about schools? Do you do that for schools? We would, absolutely. We haven't over the last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're a new organization. We chartered in 2019. Okay. And as soon as we built the organization, uh, we had our first rendezvous, and we uh, we had our, our big feast at the Palm Restaurant downtown. Nice. And uh, it was wonderful. And then thanks for the invite. We broke away for a few <laughs> weeks and uh, uh, a month or so, and then, bam, the tornadoes hit. Mm. And uh, and we were it was a real trial by fire for us. We yeah. um, we immediately deployed. We were absolutely the very first folks out in the in the field conducting search and rescue. Uh, you know, our squadron sawyers came together like a, a force to be reckoned with. And pulled trees off of people's houses, pulled people out of their houses, uh, did a ton of recovery and debris removal. We built roads all over all over the de- all over the disaster and debris zone. Uh, we pulled track loaders and bobcats and bulldozers in there, and we we made our own roads and we brought dump trucks and filled them up with uh, with debris and and pulled people out. Yeah. We uh, provided water points, food points, all over the disaster zone. It was um, it was a real it was a real test for us, but we did a good job. Yeah. So I mean, uh, trial by fire. You're talking about. I mean, the the tornadoes hit, and then uh, you know the civil unrest in our in our country was going on also with all the riots around the the country, and Tennessee was no exception to that. We had our own little little touch of that also there, and. In, in the right. Nashville area, mainly, uh, were, yeah. did you guys get involved with any of that at all? We did. We uh, we conducted what's called a battle track of of the entire uh, civil unrest that that occurred over the summer, uh, and there were numerous instances. There was the the one big one, but uh, what we did was collect open source information on on what was going to happen and and what the activities were that were going on throughout the city, uh, in Nashville specifically. Yeah. Um, we basically looked at everything from traffic cams to Twitter feeds to chat rooms. We looked at, at all sources and built a, a threat analysis plan together. And we disseminated that plan to, uh, to local law enforcement agencies and, and they were able to respond to it. Uh, nice. they acted on, on our, on our collection and, and did good work. And I, I think that was one of the things that really. Now, did you guys do that stop. of your own volition or were, did you get a request to help out? with? Well, that? I tell you, we've got, we've got numerous members within the organization that are venue security managers, venue security directors, uh, heads of security for, for some of the, the biggest venues in Nashville, yeah, uh, you know they uh, they're providing estate security, they're providing uh, property security yeah. for these places downtown that were affected. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've got, we've the, got members the professional sports. You know, we got the hockey, we got the football, we've got you know all the music establishments that are that are down there. So, I mean, there's a lot of that's right, a lot of high profile um, areas down there that people could that's right could hit. And so, you know, our our membership was was eager to to have a collection effort on that on that threat, and that's where the the dissemination of that information 
first went was to those to those, those venue managers and yeah. security directors throughout the city. And, you know, from that, we were able to to collect even more information by virtue of our our people on the ground. And, you know, that that allowed us to to disseminate that information to to state leaders, uh, law enforcement leaders and public safety leaders in the state. And and I, I think it did a wonderful thing to to limit the amount of damage that we had in Nashville. Yeah, I, I think comparatively speaking, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we weren't hard, hit as hard as some of these other places. Yeah. Now, um, what about the, you know, that we had that big bombing at uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve, whenever that was, did you guys get involved yep. with that? Were you part of any of that investigation or? You know, we did some, uh, some analysis on it, but we weren't involved officially. Um, we had uh, a, more than a few individuals that were affected by that members that were uh, either employed by places that were destroyed in the bombing or, uh, or were directly involved in the investigation themselves in their, in their day jobs. Yeah. Um, I conducted, a uh, an analysis of the, of the bombing right off the bat. And, um, we were able to look at that and just looking at the, the situation that, that happened, it was fairly apparent the the profile that was going to come about and sure enough it 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 turned out to be exactly what we predicted as far as the 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 individual so the alone alone kind of yeah, alone i don't want to say he's crazy uh, but you know he alone crazy with uh with a propensity for conspiracy theories yeah and i guess he he specifically tar- targeted the at&t because he used to to work for him didn't he yeah you know that guy was a, a known uh, expert in the a troubleshooter in the in the IT community in Nashville. Um, I've talked to numerous IT guys um, in the in the Nashville area that that knew exactly who he was and have known him for years. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably knew he was capable known, of doing something like that. Yeah, you know, I I don't know that they that they thought that, but I think they thought he was was strange. Yeah, I think they thought that he was a weirdo. But, um, you know, he, he wasn't anybody that, that had, uh, had collected that skill set professionally as far as bomb making, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, he was just a really smart guy. Um, you know, he was a, he was a smart, uh, intelligent, but highly deranged individual. Yeah. He was intelligent, but he wasn't smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So he blew himself up. He wasn't already dead. You know, no, all these conspiracies that are out there that uh, there was like um, uh, that was like one of the storage places for voting ballots and you know things like that. that that's all bunk. I, I think most of that was a bunch of BS. Yeah, I mean, it it, it sounded good. I think he uh, he had a he had a a grudge, and I think he wanted to to make an example and and make a uh make a statement you know? yeah. i think he, he knew that the that that would shut down the the communications i'm sure he did yeah i'm, I'm sure he he predicted the the technical <clears throat> fallout that came from it yeah well i mean thank god there was there were no nobody died right nobody was killed there were very few injuries if if any right that's right uh it's a real blessing the uh the amount of destruction that it did i've been down to the the bomb site and it was uh, it was absolutely devastating. Wow. Um, we you know, were I'm able not, to look at that. 
I was gonna say I've really? not been down there since since that, so I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's a uh, it's very apparent that it was a, a fuel air explosion. The way that went down, it it was uh, it was decidedly a, uh, a a blast that that was designed to to knock down walls. Yeah, and it certainly did it. Yeah, well. Hopefully, that you know, you guys won't be involved in anything else like that. Uh, at least Let's here in Nashville, not. you know. So, um, if again, if somebody wants to find out more about the Tennessee Rangers, you guys have a website. You're, are you on social media? How can they learn more about who you are and what you? Yeah, do? absolutely. Our website is TennesseeRangers.org or dot agency, and we also have a. Uh, a donor box if anybody is interested in in donating to the organization like i said we're a 501c3 um tax deductible donations our donor box is donorbox.org forward slash the dash tennessee dash rangers okay and i'm sure you probably got a link to that on your website as well we do and uh we have social media we have a uh, a facebook page and uh, there are uh, a few Facebook pages for our different platoons. We have a uh, uh, East Tennessee, West Tennessee, and our Middle Tennessee platoon. And uh, and each platoon has numerous troops within it that act on the uh, on the community, neighborhood, and village level. Okay, uh, I'm on Facebook right now. It's under uh, Tennessee Ranger Squadron. Yep, there's also the first volunteer Tennessee Ranger Squadron. That's our uh, official unit name, the first volunteer Tennessee Ranger Squadron. Okay, and that's a separate and page we, than this one. That and yeah, and they're all pretty much the same page. They uh, they all kind of mirror each other. Okay, gotcha. And are you guys on the gram, the Instagram? We are not on the gram. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Don't blame me there. So guys, go check them out. Uh, TennesseeRangers.org. That's right. Dot org. And if you want to get involved, I guess there's an application there that they can inquire and Yep. You can uh you can send an email on the website and uh just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you want to be a Tennessee Ranger. Uh make sure you meet the qualifications listed on the website on join the Tennessee Rangers page. And uh we'd love to have you. We're uh, we're looking for new individuals. We I'll I'll forewarn everybody. We do have a an arduous appointment process. It's not just a few courses that you do. We also, uh, on top of all the training courses that that we send our our members through, we also have them complete three to five challenge missions. And those challenge missions are designed to uh, to test that individual's fortitude, uh, their fitness. Um, their toughness and their ability to solve problems under stress. We tend to wake guys up at three in the morning, give them a grid coordinate to, uh, to find on foot. And then they, uh, and they do eight to 10 miles, you know, in the early morning for their first, first part of their mission. We've got a very, a very arduous appointment process to be a Tennessee Ranger. It's not easy and it's not just a sign up and you're a member it's uh it's a real process that we're you know we're looking for individuals that are tough we're looking for individuals that are resilient and that have hard skills we're looking for individuals that right. know how to solve problems 
So if somebody had maybe a particular skill, they might be able to, you know, might be able to wave that uh, ten mile hike. <laughs> we may. We've got. We might. Yeah, we've yeah. Got some, <laughs> we'll work we've, with uh, it. We we tailor our our uh, challenge missions for the individual. Yeah. Well, I'm a certified diver. Got my deep water, my nitrox. Does that does that help? That that's excellent. Uh, we're going to be holding our uh, our scout swimmer course as well as a group uh, rescue diver program. We've got a bunch of advanced scuba divers in our group, and everybody is wanting to uh, to host the rescue diver program this summer. Nice, that'd be cool. Maybe I'll so look we'll into be out there that. doing that. Heck yeah, that'd be fun. Brian, there's this, uh, this thing that we do for our new guys and you're a new guy to the show and yep. we've got a line of questions that we're going to hit you with now. So, uh, get ready. Brace yourself. New guy, new guy, new guy. And sometimes questions. I'm ready. All right. So let, let me hit you with these and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So, okay. um, law enforcement, military background. Do you have any? Yes. Me personally, you per- yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was I was in the army. I was uh, originally a, a military policeman. Uh, I also worked in uh, human intelligence and interrogation, and then uh, I'm also currently a, a police officer in a in an agency, and have been a police officer of some sort since I was 21. Started out with a sheriff's department in Middle Tennessee, and have been to numerous agencies throughout my career. Very cool. Thank you for your service. Thank you. What is your earliest recollection of shooting a gun, being around a firearm? Yeah. um, My dad took me out and we shot my granddad's Winchester 22 single shot rifle. And we shot his Smith & Wesson Model 59 uh, department issue pistol. Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama Police Department pistol that was they were shooting the the Smith and Wesson Model 59 at the time, and I believe they were the first department to get semi-automatics in the southeast. Oh, cool! And uh, and he still got it, and it'll be mine one day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it will be mine. Uh, tell us a an interesting story dealing with um, the executive protection. Uh, you can leave names out if you want to, um, but one that comes to mind, what's a interesting story about one of those events? Hmm. Well, let's see. We had a, uh, we had a guy try to, uh, a guy pulled a knife on our, in our red carpet line in London on a, uh, and th- this is actually mentioned in another podcast Okay, uh, that I did with, with NPR on uh on one of my clients and uh they actually touched on it because they were filming the the npr special when it happened when it occurred oh okay uh guy just a a local vagrant from the uh from the street approached our red carpet he was in a bulky jacket a bulky coat and uh he uh he came to the edge of the red carpet started yelling uh i approached him and he immediately pulled um, a linoleum knife out. And <laughs> linoleum knife. Went, because yeah, knives linoleum. are illegal there, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. And he had had this linoleum knife. He had he had sharpened it into into an arrowhead point. So it had one of those wooden 
knife handles, but it was a it was shaped like a like a trowel or a yeah an arrowhead. And uh, he took a short swipe at me, and my partner, who was a, uh, a British squatty, he's a, a British EOD specialist. He uh, he hit him with that full rugby shot, and uh, <laughs> and took him down in a full bear hug. Clamped the knife up. We handed him over to the Met Police, and uh, Met Police took him out. So they they took him into custody, and we never heard from him again. That's that's cool. That's interesting. What about anything firearms related? Have you had any firearms encounters? Yeah, I've had uh, I've taken guns off a bunch of folks. So when we're doing uh, meet and greets, we will conduct uh, an explosive detection for a large meet and greet line. To, to take pictures or, or get an autograph from a, a celebrity on tour. And we'll run that dog down that line of, of fans and uh, just to, to search for explosives or, or firearms. And typically we pull two or three firearms out of the line at every show, uh, especially when we're in the South or out West. Yeah. We find tons of guns. Uh, and usually it's just folks with a handgun permit and, you know, they're carrying their gun and we tell them, Hey, I'm sorry, you can't have it in the venue and they take it back or you can't have it in our, in our meet and greet line and they take it back and come back another time. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while we'll find somebody that, uh, that is, is actually secreting a firearm, uh, in an effort to actually sneak it in or what have you. And, uh, we've had a couple of those, um, I've had guys on movie sets. I had a uh, an extra on a movie set one time. Uh, he kept wanting to to get close to the client who was one of the one of the stars of the movie. Uh-huh. And um, the individual, I, I kept talking to the individual, trying to see what he was up to. And sure enough, he uh, he ends up telling me that he has his uh, his thirty eight in his pistol or his thirty eight pistol in his pocket. And uh, he also had a switchblade, <laughs> okay. and he pulled them out and showed them to me. Uh, literally pulled his thirty-eight snub nose out and held it in his in the palm of his hand, and uh, and I just gently grabbed it and like I was going to look at it, right? And just stuck it in my suit pocket, and uh, and had the uh, the police officer for the for the movie set come over and and check everything out, and we had him removed from the movie. And, well, of uh, course, I would hope so. <laughs> and that was the end of it, you know. But you have those situations like that. But sometimes they're not. Do you give uh, his gun back at that point, or is it go? He got his gun back. He was he was legal. Yeah. So, but he was just a you know he was just a, a strange individual that that may or may not have had an agenda that day. Yeah. You never know. And some if you do your job right, you don't find out whether they had an agenda. They pretty much let anybody do come in and do extra work. You know, they just, bust, oh, they, do. they just bust them in. I've done yep. it. I've done it a couple of times myself. Um, when it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to, whether it's a movie, a TV show, maybe a book or, uh, you know, music, whatever it may be. What, what, what do you like to go to just to, to relax and. Man, I like, I like samurai slasher movies, you know, Shogun <laughs> Assassin, Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> uh, Zatuichi. That's that's. I like that stuff. You're going old school with that stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Samurai. And I like, uh, I like <laughs> Jeff. I like Jeff Cooper too. Colonel Jeff Cooper to ride, shoot, speak the truth. And uh, you know, you... he's the the founder of uh, Gunsight. 
he was a, a real legend. He was a Marine Corps World War II vet um, and an absolute master of the handgun. He just about everything you do from the type of holsters you use to the the draw stroke and the stance that you use all comes from Colonel Cooper from, in some way. Very cool. So, um, what about a movie? What's your what's your go to movie? Don't say bodyguard. Uh, let's see. Besides the bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> Besides the bodyguard. Hmm. Nine to five don't count either. No. <laughs> no. I liked uh, like Smoking the Bandit. There you go. Yeah, Smoking the Bandit is good. One. But I tell you, my uh, my favorite, probably my favorite go to movie that's not a, a martial arts movie or a samurai ninja movie or something. Uh, probably Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Is yeah, that... Lonesome Dove's one of my favorites. Who's that? Who's in that? Oh, Robert Duvall and Robert... Tommy Lee Jones. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, Augustus McRae and and uh, and Woodrow Call. Are you into the Texas, John Wick Texas movies? Rangers. I like the John Wick movies. Yeah, I thought they were great. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah, they were they were really good. Um, John Wick and I are actually fairy god cousins. John Wick, as in Keanu Reeves? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. We're um Keanu Reeves' mom was a very uh notable dressmaker in Hollywood ah. back in the uh in the seventies and eighties. Okay. And when Keanu was a little boy, I was a little boy, and his mom made a bunch of Dolly's dresses. And ah. he used to go over and hang out at Dolly's house while his mom was sizing Dolly and stuff. So we're like fairy god cousins. <laughs> That's cool. Do y'all talk? Him, no, not really. No, not really. I've seen him at different events and stuff, and we've met. And he's a nice guy. He's super, super, super nice. Yeah. And he's a he's a from what I hear a machine on the jujitsu mat. Yeah, well, running a, a gun too. You know, he uh, mm-hmm. runs it with Taryn Taryn Butler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's. He's machine. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I like Keanu a lot. So, what is your next? Gotta you know, the, as soon as I get an opportunity to go out, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna buy this. What's what's your mm. next acquisition? You know, I want to jump into uh, chassis guns. Oh, okay, I, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested in in some chassis stuff. I I want to I want to get into more precision marksmanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically as a study of the eye, I only have one eye. I lost my left eye in a, in a training accident Oh wow! in, uh, in 2002, uh, right after nine 11. And, uh, the, uh, the, the shooting world changed for me dramatically with that injury Yeah, and it, it didn't really slow me down. It just kind of changed the way I do things. Yeah. And, uh, and scope rifles, the scoped rifles have always been, a difficulty for me, but with the new technology that's out there, I'm seeing some, some things that allow me to, to get in there and, and play more with the scoped rifle stuff. Yeah. I was, uh, I had a cataract in uh, my eye for the longest and it was like being blind mm-hmm. for several years. And then I finally got it operated on, you know, they fixed it and, you know, I can see now. Lucky, lucky for me. But you don't have an eye at all, so. But I can. Relate yeah, my to, left eye is a prosthetic. I've, I've, 
I wore an eye patch for years, and my wife made me stop wearing it because I looked like a pirate and I got flirted with all the time. <laughs> so ladies love pirates. Laws be damned. Uh, money be damned. What would you own? What would you own? Hmm. Well, you know, I would like to have a. Uh, I would like to have a tank. There I mean, go. if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, I mean, I mean, you can have those with current laws. But I mean, it's kind of on my shopping list. I'd like to have a uh, an armored personnel carrier or an amphibious uh, armored vehicle of some sort. I got to that drive really one of those cool. when I was in Poland. I went over to Poland, and they great had, country. They Love had, Poland. Oh yeah, they had those uh, amphibious uh, tanks there, and, a, and an actual tank. I got to shoot a tank. Poland is fantastic. Um, I did the uh, one of my clients is Peter Greenberg and he's the uh the host of a show called the Royal Tour and we go all over the world to different nations and rendezvous with the head of state the king the president the prime minister That's and we spend awesome. the next month traveling around that country with the prime minister or the king or whoever and uh, and we've done uh, Rwanda Central Africa and we just did Poland and Poland was absolutely fantastic. Loved I absolutely it. love that country. Yeah, I did too. Had a wonderful time there. We went to, uh, they gave us a tour and we went, all, we went all the way to the Czech Republic. There were companies and things that they were yep. introducing us to. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful country. Love it. We flew a, uh, a hot air balloon over the uh, the Czech border. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> that was neat. That was fun. That'd we had awesome. uh, we had Polish uh, Secret Service type the boar we had them on the ground and then we had the czech uh, counterparts on the other side of the ground and they were both freaking out on where the balloon was going to land so <laughs> it, was, it was fun so um who is the most interesting person you've ever met because you you seem to you know you're yeah you're, you're a worldly kind of guy yeah i you know i'd have to say one of two people either um president paul kagami of rwanda uh, or, uh, I, I'd have to say, I'd have to say it was president Paul Kagame. What makes period. him interesting? Well, you know, Paul Kagame was a, uh, was a Rwandan exile and, uh, lived, grew up in, in, uh, Uganda because his family had been driven from Rwanda as exiled, uh, Tutsis. And, as soon as he was of age, he joined the Ugandan military. The Ugandan military made him a uh, tanker, a tank officer, or cavalry officer of some sort. They sent him to Fort Knox in the U.S. to undergo training. And while he was undergoing training as a uh, Ugandan officer in a, foreign, in a foreign military training program, the Rwandan genocide broke out. Oh, wow. And you had the, uh, the inter-Haramwe uh, occur and it was basically a uh, you know massive genocide of the Tutsi people in Rwanda and so basically a uh, uh, a U.S. government asset from a an other government agency of some sort uh, gave President Kagame at the time uh, I believe he was a lieutenant in the Ugandan military gave him eighty thousand dollars in cash. And he secreted that $80,000 in cash on his body, and he traveled back to Africa. And he built a, uh, a guerrilla army 
to uh, to save his people, wow. and he did it. And he fought a uh, a civil war on the uh, on the mountains of Congo against the uh, the Hutu and the Interharamwe rebels. They weren't the rebels at the time. They were they were actually the the government that was that was uh, genociding the Tutsi people. And he fought a massive war uh, for a few years, and actually was able to uh, to become the president of the of the country. And he remains the the president of Rwanda today. And Rwanda is a uh, a real gem of a nation in Africa. It's um it's a real example of what what African nations can be and what African leaders can be as far as President Kagame goes. He was a uh, a fantastic gentleman. We uh, we went to those very same Congo mountains, um, the, some of the highest mountain peaks in in the the continent of Africa, and uh, I didn't see that man take a drink of water that entire day. We were we were up at high elevation in the uh, in the steamy jungle, hiking for hours and hours and hours. He uh, he never. He never slipped a foot, and I never saw him take a drink of water. I never saw him get out of breath, and he never complained. Wow. Uh, he's a real he's a real soldier, soldier, and uh, he was an impressive man. Well, do you still have contact with him these days? I have uh, I have contact with some of his staff, <clears throat> right? And uh, I don't I don't communicate with with the president himself, but some of his <laughs> uh, some of his Rwandan Republican Guard are some of my very close friends. Yeah. That's a that's a great story, man. So yeah, he's he was a really impressive impressive guy. If you could spend the day at the range with anyone or any group of people, they could be dead, uh, alive, fictional. Who would you like to spend the day at the range with? Mm, okay. Uh, can I pick multiple ones? Yeah. Like have like a training group. Like Absolutely. A dream team. Dream, dream team. team. Training group. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, Charlemagne, uh, Genghis Khan, okay. Bruce Lee and, uh, Colonel Cooper, of course, Jeff yeah. Cooper of Gunsight and, uh, probably somebody, maybe Carlos Hathcock. That was, that's an interesting mix of cats right there, man. <laughs> like yeah. That. We're going to do some training that day. Yeah, you are. That That's the range day I would like to attend. Yeah. The Genghis Khan block is going to be going to be fun it's going to be messy <laughs> can you imagine putting a <laughs> firearm in his hand <laughs> he uh he might just want to keep his bow he might yeah he's like screw that look at this <laughs> very cool all right very good show man that was uh that's probably one of the more interesting uh, new guy question segments that i've done um I, I really like that and i did hit you with a couple of different questions that i haven't normally asked uh, some of our our guests, but you did great, man. That was awesome. Well, cool. That's my that's my second podcast. I did that one with NPR, and uh, yeah, they don't count. Yeah, that <laughs> NPR. Count. No, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's over with. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely uh, got to have you back on because it sounds like you've got a lot more stories uh, that we need to we need to tell. Man, I'd love to anytime. We'll, we definitely will do that. Maybe we can meet up at Royal Range sometime. Uh, I think that'd be great. And, and not to mention, let's have you out, man. Let's uh, let's get you rangered up. 
I would love to, man. I would love to. I don't. I don't think I could put, maybe pass some of the your physical requirements, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I think I think we might be able to uh, to fulfill some of your challenge missions by virtue of of marketing and of of other things that I've I've got other talents. That's right. And it's it's a great organization. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, again, Leadheads, check them out at the Tennessee Rangers dot org. And they're on the Facebook under just search that and you'll find a couple of different uh, Facebook pages for them uh, as well. And you can shoot me an email, talkingletgmail.com, and then I can forward it on to to Brian there too and he can uh, can get in touch with you as well. Uh, But as always, Leadheads, uh, make sure you go and support those that sponsor this show. Use those discount codes when we give them out. And uh, let them know how much you appreciate the sponsorship. Seal One, SealOne.net, Mission First Tactical, MissionFirstTactical.com. Um, they've got a slew of products. I was on their website the other day, and there's several thing, new things on their website that David hasn't even told me about. Uh, they've got the new 308 uh, polymer magazines available. Uh, they've got some new holsters. They've got... Uh, the pepper sprays that are available, we had him on. We talked about the different types of pepper sprays and uh, uh, things that they've got there, the non-lethal lethal, uh, means of protection. And then, of course, you can go there and get the Talking Lead logo dump trays and tactical wallets uh, that they're making specifically for you lead heads. And if you want to have some sort of custom logo or something put on your wallet, your dump tray, uh, you know, whatever it may be, uh, get in touch with them they can do it there as well Mission First Tactical and then of course our good buddies over at Caltech go show, show them some love on the grams let them know how much you appreciate it and then Nemo Arms our newest sponsors go check out their uh, their high quality AR rifles that they've got they've got multiple different calibers that they're making those in the shotguns the pistols and the cans they got cans too so um, go check them out show them all the love that they deserve and leadhead is typically the discount code that you can use at most of our friends of the show and sponsors if they've got discounts set up like seal one and like mission first tactical um asp uh, asp usa on the flashlight products you can get a discount there just shoot me uh, an email talking at, at gmail.com if that leadhead uh, isn't the right code there i can't remember what it is right now uh but if it's not active, let me know and I can get them reactivated as well. But that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast, Leadheads. Make sure you tune in. April uh, next month is going to be a big month. We've got Jack Carr scheduled to be on the show, author of The Terminal List. Uh, they're making a TV show out of that with uh, Chris Pratt. It's going to be like the, the James Reese character of his novels. Uh, Clint Emerson Clint Emerson is uh, scheduled to be back on the show so uh, April is already shaping up to be a, a huge month and you just never know what we're going to be giving away so always stay tuned participate uh, but until then as always keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer Tennessee Rangers no ooh uh, or yet or <laughs> nah <laughs> 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 or long ranger what did high old silver? High old silver. <laughs> <laughs>